podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make the play to stop this draft. That last one, in fact, again, they push the pass for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked off by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased out by Trumper at the 10 yard line. Suddenly, the Jets defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it right down the field. Third and seven, Matt Moore. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Kimberley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 186. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined by my good friend and draft tech analyst, Richard Tinley. Jets are now 1 and all. It's we're going into the second week of the NFL, and within four snaps, we lose our star quarterback. And oh, it's such a kick in the balls! Yeah, forced the end. Yeah, just celebrate the win, forced off. I know, regardless, we'll talk obviously about the injury, but to get that win and all the time, uh, the way it came, all of it, like the fight back for the team. Having Brees Hall back as well, like you kind of forget how good that guy is. He, to me, oh, he's super. he has to be one of the top three running backs in the NFL. He's just lightning, and you know what? He just you, when you see him, you kind of feel he's that air of superiority above that, the team he's facing. Like yeah, he's, did, he looks did, like really confident. Do the thing about Hall as well. I don't think he's actually a hundred percent, and no, I, I'd say he could be seventy percent, eighty percent, and look what he's after. You know, doing and week one. He 126 yards. yards after two runs or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? And that was his first two runs back, 126 yards. Exactly. Sometimes you've seen the running backs with 20 attempts. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind. Like, I had a big uh, issue going into the season, and that was the offensive line. I was fierce worried about the offensive line. Um, and like that, for me in this game, I didn't think they played well at all. Like there was a lot of pressure getting on the quarterbacks, a lot of pressure getting on the running backs, and look what Brees Hall done. Mm. I'm kind of fifty-fifty with them. In like uh, I seen a few things there during it where both tackles were like, let's just say, nearly chipping out at like the, the legs, which yeah. kind of signified that they were going to be fast passes, but like fast passes didn't come out. Now, obviously, we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers' injury because. Uh, it's, completely detrimental to our chances for the rest of the season. But, like, that was one of those plays that he got injured on was when they were yeah, chipping exactly. the, the, um, the defensive ends or the pass rushers. And neither guy really did a good job in it. But in the still photograph I've seen, uh, like, Garrett Wilson was w- wide open and uh, Aaron Rodgers was staring him at him. Like, if it was supposed to be a quick pass, that was it. And, you know, then he goes and runs away in tones on his Achilles and He's out for the season. It just, when I, as I said, like when I seen the still photograph, I was like, why isn't he throwing that pass? Because that looking at where the, the tackle is is uh, what it was supposed to be. So I don't know what the 
I don't know what the kind of hold up was, but I'm not like giving it to Wilson because like there's a good four yards between Wilson and the wide receiver, the cornerback, and the cornerback's kind of running more to the middle of the field. So like Rogers would have had him on a quick slant, and he probably could have turned outside again and and took it for a big gain. But like I'd say, it was minimum of it maybe eight to twelve yards of a of a completion there, regardless. So yeah, just a bit gotten uh, with it in terms of the O line. I can't really knock the O line too much because I I wasn't like privy to what the blocking sort of assignments were like that kind of showed me there was a lot of fast passes expected as and they were gonna like kind of hit the pass rushers down low to slow them up rather than to actually stand there and block the whole time. But you know the Jets did run for two hundred yards too, so like you can't have that bad of an O line. And I know Bruce Hall is a magician and the whole works, but like. There were some nice holes from, t- you know what I mean. Like they, they, I thought they pr- did pretty good in the in the run game. Yeah, there was a few times like Dalvin Cook didn't look as impressive, but I don't think. Yeah, he's it's kind of hard to kind of dog them completely because as well as that, like in, in the second half, they kind of protected Zach Wilson very very well. You know, like uh, that was like how we kind of came back was uh, the O line kind of got. Wilson a bit more settled into the game and when he realised he could stand there and have that extra second or two, he was a lot more comfortable. Yeah, um, going back to Aaron Rodgers and uh, two tackles, seemingly a report came out that um, Aaron Rodgers wasn't too happy with uh, tackles, uh, chop blocking, he disagreed with it. Um, I don't know if that distracted him from that play, only he knows and the coaches know um, but yeah, he he wasn't too happy with the chop blocks. Um, he was very. But against he could have been distracted him because he would have he would have been the one that gave those two tackles that very assignment when he's calling the play in the huddle. I don't know if that was from him or the coaches. So of course it is. Like that's what the, the when you're given a play call, it's for everybody. It's like there's a certain bit for the lineman what the blocking is, what the wide receivers' routes are supposed to be, or if there's a hitch or whatever, or. You know, like everything that's called out usually in the huddle is telling everybody we, we've played it, so that's how we used to do it. I can't think that somebody like Aaron Rodgers doesn't give off the blocking assignments to his tackles. Like when a play call comes in, I get that the tackles are supposed to know it, but so is he. You know, yeah. you're supposed to know everybody's like all eleven players' positions on on your on your offense when you're commanding the huddle. So, right? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like I would completely disagree. I would say he knew exactly that that was coming. So whether he disagreed or not, that's fair enough. But it certainly didn't surprise him. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, um, if you're going to cut block, you want to you want to do it. You want to do it right, and you you wouldn't want to be missing your 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 targets. Anyway, I want to move on from this. Um, I want to. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you there what's your, because what, the, what's your thoughts on Zach Wilson after coming in? Um. Four snaps into it, Rogers goes off. Everybody thought it could have been a high ankle sprain. Nobody knew his uh, his Achilles were was uh, after snapping. So in comes uh, Zach Wilson. Wasn't supposed to start at all this year. Wasn't supposed to play at all this year. Um, there was some parts of the game I thought he looked okay, and then there's some parts of the game for me personally it looked like the old. Uh, Wilson. Um, yeah, again, hard for him. Like, to be fair, what you you look at, uh, 
it's another one of these things that happened last year, if you're a colleague, where Zach Wilson didn't play great, but we won. Remember when that was happening? And then the fans got pissed off with us uh, rolling Zach Wilson out and he started losing. So, you know, he'd know uh, practice this week. Uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was getting all the reps to be prepared for week one. So, like, he missed out on all of that stuff. And, yeah, when he came in, like, he did look a little bit cold. The interception was a poor throw, but... That was shocking. From that interception, I think he actually played very, very well. Like, you know, he didn't put a foot wrong. I'm not saying he overextended that. And, like, um, the throw to Wilson, I wouldn't even say that was a fantastic throw. It was more like that ball was going to the defender and Wilson intercepted it, like, one-handed. You know, like, that's kind of what it looked like to me. I, I would give all credit to w- Wilson on no wide receiver Wilson on that uh, catch. But... Yeah, I thought overall he did okay. And like you, you know, like um, he never really looked that flustered as such. Like the way, at the, as I said earlier on, but after he threw the interception, it looked like it settled down a bit from you know. And last year, as I said, we were winning games with him. Uh, obviously, Brees Hall was an important part of that too. So I don't see why we can't continue to do that this year with him when you've got a better roster around them. Like I, I definitely think. The O-line is a little bit better this year than last year because you've got two guys on the right-hand side that you can run behind. Yeah, That's there's a actually... thing to have this year that we didn't have last year, really. Yeah, well, this year is going to be a really, really good test to see where he's at. Is he actually going to be your future quarterback? Because the Jets have one of the best defences in the NFL. They're lightning quick. They have, like, the... And, no cage, decent offensive line. They have a hell of a run game. They have a couple of tight ends. Uh, they have some decent options at wide receiver. We have a new quarter, or not quarterback, uh, uh, OC that actually I think might suit uh, Wilson better than the last guy. So this year is going to be a serious test because why I'm saying that is if he fails this year, and doesn't take the next step with what the Jets have put around him this year, and then you've got Rodgers that could actually come back and stand beyond the sideline coaching him, if he does. Um, the thing is, looking forward, the draft coming in April this year is going to be full of top-end quarterbacks, and for me, I'm not waiting around if he, if he if next, next step, Rich, I'm I'm pulling the plug and I'm going and I'm drafting another guy because that could give you an extra four years with him going into his last year. Yeah, no, that's not the worst plan in the world. Like in regards to to like um, I suppose like Wilson and things like that. Like I think having Rogers on the sideline while uh, he's playing will be. A, a big help in comparison to Joe Flacco last year, or who, you know oh, what I mean? Lord. Like, I think because I, I how do you say? Oh, I think. You, sorry, I said don't mention him. No, but like, I, I think you know, like, there's sometimes you get these journeyman guys at the end of the years that are great team guys. They've lost the will to compete for the position. Yeah, that's the problem with Joe Flacco as a mentor. You've got somebody with no hunger talking about another guy who should have loads of it. 
I think that's that will be the difference with Aaron Rodgers on the sideline for Wilson this year because I think Rodgers is going to give him the confidence to say, look, I make mistakes. So you know what I mean. Whatever it is, you bounce yeah. back, and that's what you do. And and I think I think like if you're Zach Wilson, if you can't get confidence off somebody like Aaron Rodgers telling you you're pretty decent, you know, just clean up a few things here or there, you you have to notice a difference. And and I think. As I said, the important thing is that if he can get comfortable, if he gets flustered, that's when you kind of need to look and see where the improvements are. Does he make better decisions by throwing it out of bounds rather than to a defender and things like that? You know, I think that's when you'll kind of see the differences, the maturity, if there is any. Is there a quarterback on the market at the moment you'd bring in as his number two on the sideline? Because for me, uh, Nick Boyle, he's not good enough to be a number two at the moment. Um, honestly, I didn't really like look at it in other than like I'm quite happy going forward with Zach Wilson as a quarterback. Like, is he one of the best twenty-two quarterbacks in the league? He probably is. Like, you know what I mean? There's definitely teams here with more starting quarterbacks than Zach Wilson's. There's a lot of teams with uh, t- uh, quarterbacks with worse win-loss records than Zach Wilson last year. So I, I'm not kind of like looking at it from a perspective of. Um, you know, bringing in somebody like Tom Brady, like there was talk about yeah, that him, uh, Jameis Winston and all of these kind of no, guys. I uh, bring him in near New York. And the other person yeah. I wouldn't let near the team is Wentz. Wentz is um, he's poisonous in the, the locker room. But the, the name I'd I'd actually if he was I'd, a backup, it wouldn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't be bringing in Wentz as I a head of. But that, that, that's what I'm saying. I think it, it, starting quarterbacks can be kind of poisonous, if you get me. But if he was coming in to do a job for a couple of months with the confidence that he could maybe start looking better than Zach Wilson, then I'd be kind of all for it. Because at the end of the day, it's more about this year, kind of, there has to be playoffs. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, Rich, I, if, if I was bringing a quarterback to be the number two behind Zach to coach him um, and let... Uh, Rogers do his uh, rehab and all that, and come back during the year and sit in sideline and coach away. It'd be either Matt Ryan or Rivers. Like I know Rivers is the year out or that, and he wouldn't be overly up to speed. But like if he's on the sideline, that's an extra guy that can coach him, and he he's gone the into coaching. Well. The only problem with bringing in a big name in is our dumb fan base will want him on the field. That is the only problem. Even if he doesn't deserve to be there, they'll yeah. see the big name and think he went to a pro ball before. Let's stick him in. But, you know, and that's kind of ultimately it. And then you're going to have to listen to rubbish upon rubbish by people that don't really know what they're talking about. So I'd rather avoid all that personally, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. I'm going to name out some names that actually impressed me in the game. And the biggest name that impressed me was Jeremy Rucker. I end. We wanted to see something from this year because basically we seen nothing last year. He wasn't really put on the field. But the guy was immense at blocking. I've seen a couple of blocks uh, for the likes of the, the running backs. And I think the big run, 83 yards for Hall, it was him that made the major block. Rucker. Yeah, he actually surprised me um, and it was a nice surprise. Um, I liked 
how uh, Alan Lazard played. He's a great blocker. Um, Quincy Williams had a fantastic game, a linebacker. Um, Jeffrey, our new guys in the middle of the defensive line, Jefferson and Woods looked good. Like Jefferson had a uh, big sack. Um, and then, like, Charles Surratt, he had the big block for the winning touchdown up the other end of the field. Like, he he, he looked all right when he was on the field. Um, Whitehead, three, three, number three. He was number, were number three, and he got three, three uh, interceptions, uh, which was brilliant for him. But, yeah, um, I thought the defence played a light out. I think there's one player for me that you're admitting, Ian, and that's Jermaine Johnson. I thought he looked really, really good. Like, I I get what you're saying about the guys in the middle because they were kind of unknowns. But uh, Jermaine Johnson is probably kind of the also-round of the the first-round picks of the top guys from that draft, as in Hall, Wilson and Gardner, of all kind of cemented places with, with the Jet fan base as in knowing what they can do. I think there was still that question mark about Jermaine Johnson. A slight question mark albeit. But yeah, I think he two sacks on the day. He definitely had a couple of tackle for losses as well. Maybe not one sack. But uh, yeah, I thought he looked very, very good. He looked very workmanlike. I think uh, he knows his assignments. He he studied his opponent. You can kind of tell by how he he, he came there. To, like They meant all business coming out, even when Huff came in and uh, Things like that as well. You could see like they were all like raring to go. But I, I was, I was actually like not surprised by by Jermaine Johnson, but like uh, happy to see him kind of live up to the potential we all know he has. Yeah. Do you know who else looked good? Uh, Clemens. Clemens got a, a big tackle. I seen it uh, where Alan was, running, Alan was running. Yeah, he caused the fumble, but. Alan was running with the ball through the middle of the, the offensive line and he took on him and he took on one of the offensive linemen and absolutely smashed the pair of them together. It was like a double clothesline. Uh, that was kind of one of the only frustrating things with the defence, Ian, was I didn't think we'd get a, a, a Josh Allen enough kind of punishment. I don't mean that in a bad way, as in like that we went out to injure him. But when he wasn't like sliding, we should have been making sure he was getting knocked on his ass. And then it kind of nearly looked like we were standing back and letting him dive. There was a, a couple of times actually I noticed CJ Mosley kind of watching when he should have been hitting, you know? Yeah, see, do, do you know why that was? They played a lot of safeties and they played him on his own as the single linebacker. So I think he had to sit back a lot of the time. But look, it was great. I just want to go back as well about, about Rupert there as well, Ian, because last week we didn't actually touch on the tight end group in last week when we were discussing kind of the groups. And I think you see like the improvement with Rupert from last year. I think it's the kind of level of competition. Like uh, we know they have a couple of good guys kind of even behind them like that. We've always been impressed with that Yaboa tight end from Ole Miss that he signed. As an undrafted free agent, he looked good again in the preseason. Like, I I think there is genuine competition in that room, like for excellence. And I think having the two experienced guys with those two young guys kind of been brought through, it it, it makes for like you know when I get on the field, I have to do my job, I have to like impress. And I think yeah, it's great to see him coming in year or two and starting kind of really really well. Yeah, but the other thing is, like you mentioned, three tight ends there. 
four, four tight ends. There's actually also two on the practice squad. There's a guy we drafted in round six, round seven um, last April. Um, and then there is uh, there's the guy of Georgia Tech. His name escapes me now. But yeah, look, we've there's there's some nice pieces there on the tight um, end position. Um, next year, it'll tell a lot. Jets are after getting back their first round pick because of uh, the unfortunate injury with um, Aaron Rodgers. So, everybody's going to be disappointed and down because of Aaron Rodgers' injury, and rightly so. But, like, I'm still kind of positive. But 1 0, we're after getting a big win at home against the division rival, the Bills. You know what I mean? Like, as I said to you last week, I think Miami's going to be the team that, like, had we have Rogers, but like, I think we could have opened the division up for Miami with Rogers losing, but I still think we can finish ahead of Buffalo, as strange as that may seem. But yeah, I think, you know, to get a win against Buffalo, who's kind of been one of those bogey teams for us, I think that's a great start to do it with, like, Zach Wilson coming from behind. Like, don't get me wrong, the defence played late, lights out in the second half too, but the offence put a few nice drives together after, like, Brees Hall kind of had his two big runs early in the first half. So, yeah, like, I'm still kind of optimistic and positive. Like, yeah, we're not going to do as well without them, but I still think we can do well enough to, like, be proud of the season, shall we say, and be in kind of all the games. And, you know, I still think we're going to win more than we're going to lose. And if we can get, you know, maybe 10 or 11 wins, I can see a second in the division and and hitting the playoffs, which should be enough for second. Jesus, I like your optimism because I am thinking eight and eight. Yeah, no, I know, but like you're thinking eight and eight about a quarterback that was five and three as a starter last year with, yeah. with not as good a roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, like I'd, I'd actually start getting worried in if, if we lost Wilson because yeah. then you're bringing in somebody that has absolutely no clue about what offense they're running. Yeah, and then on top of that. You've got Hackett there that's been really decent with Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay, then went up as a head coach and then absolutely flopped in Denver, came to the Jets. There's a big question. Yeah, there's a big question. There's questions there about Hackett. Can he cut it? Is, he, is, he, is it all about Rodgers or can he actually elevate Wilson? So we'll soon see. The Jets are now, uh, they have a really tough game this weekend, Sunday evening. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. What do you think? I think Dallas Cowboys are probably one of the most overrated teams in the NFL. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, the Giants are bad. The yeah. Giants are really, really bad. Right. Now, don't get me wrong, Dallas, they've got good fight about them. Uh, uh, they're always overhyped. You know, like, to me... Philadelphia's going to win their division again. I think oh, yeah. Washington should actually put up a lot more competition this year, like in terms of like pushing Dallas for maybe the second spot in that division. Look, it'll be hard away from home, but this is the kind of right time to play them. You know, early in the season, this is where you get the upset because, again, you've got like... <laughs> probably their mind was like fixated on, right, was dealing with Aaron Rodgers. Boom, this is what is going to be happening in practice this year. So, like, 
that injury happened late on sort of Monday night. So they're coming in Tuesday morning, still not knowing like what the story is with Aaron Rodgers. Is it like, a, you know, they're probably more than likely having an idea that Wilson will play, but they still have to reassemble a whole new kind of game plan potentially on defense for him or things like that. So all of that kind of upheaval could actually help us this week. Like, um, a loss would be a loss. It would be kind of an expected loss, given that like it, it's away from home. Is it? It is away from home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like that. That that's kind of that's kind of the test that I'm looking forward to seeing is this team going away from home and whether they stand actually up or not. Well this is kind of the weekend year. that you like. Sauce kind of had a quiet week. Week one. Yeah, I think he might need to have a bigger week. Week two. Um, I think our pass rushes are obviously going to be important. But I think, you know, like the more we can run the ball, the more time we can stay on the field, the less time Dallas. And I think a fresh defense for us can be a very, very hard thing for a team to overcome. So I'm not saying we've got no chance. I think the the likelihood is Dallas are probably more than likely, you know, going to win by maybe five to eight points, like, you know, in around the touchdown or two field goals or something like that. But again, I wouldn't put the Jets out of it at all. I, I think we still go into that game with a good chance because it's early in the season. We still have to like show as a team. It's not just about Zach Wilson showing. It's about the team showing, right, well, we're here to show what we can do. We we, we were players that were good enough for Aaron Rodgers, so we have to be able to show how we get as individuals then. And I think, you know, they've got a lot of good guys in the, in the locker room that can step up and keep it going for the, the next few weeks. I think if you get on a bit of a run, and as well as that, like the Jets are one and oh, you're, you're coming into the second week of the season with a win in week one. So you have to be kind of positive coming in, you know? Right. Yeah. Do you think that the difference between the Bills and Dallas for me at the quarterback position is um, Dak isn't as mobile as um, Allen. Where Alan, Alan, the minute he goes, he's gone. Where Zach, I don't think, is uh, agile. And I think he's probably the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. I agree. But there, I think it's their defense is really, very really tight. Yeah. But I, and like that, I think there, there's certain parts of that team are more stocked than what we have. But look, you never know. Jets are on the road. Uh, it'll be 25 past nine our time in the evening. Um, hopefully the Jets, well, hopefully they turn up and do well. Hopefully Zach Wilson does well. Hopefully he's uh, comfortable behind the centre. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. I think as well, Ian, when you are going into a game like that, that's the kind of games you want to see yeah, Zach Wilson tested it. Because... Yeah. You know, like, that is going to be a pressure situation. You're going into a, a, a stadium that's going to be full, probably, what, 110,000 people, is it? Or I'm not sure. Or something like that, I think. But, like, yeah, that, that's going to be one of the bigger crowds that he's ever going to play in front of as a starter. So the pressure's going to be immense. But, like, he's year three, so let, let's see how he deals with it. If he is the future quarterback for the New York Jets in the next few years, this is these are the games he's going to have performing. But like that, I, no, I I'm going to chalk this up to a loss. 
Well, I said a win last week, Ian, just kind of the home field advantage again. I think Dallas probably had you at home field advantage, but I'm going to just keep the fate again this week and go with a, a Jets win because, you know, like, wouldn't it be just like the Jets to lose Aaron Rodgers week one and, like, start 6-0? and all? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it wouldn't, but, like, yeah, we can dream. <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought about uh, looking back at the last two Jets quarterbacks the, the look the Jets have had with the, with the quarterbacks, like Mark Sanchez was out with an injury uh, to his shoulder. Um, you look at Geno Smith, got a broken jaw from a punch. Yeah. You look at uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. You look <laughs> at uh, Zach Wilson, was the last year blew out his, um, hurt his knee and he was out for a few weeks. Like the Jets look at the quarterback position has been rotten. Even go back to Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Here's it's a strange like, one for you now, right? Vinny Testaverde, when he snapped his, uh, he ruptured his Achilles. He was on the field with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about Jets look? Yeah, I, I think. Everybody wanted to see how Rodgers could do and bring the team like a. Uh, uh, like, did we realistically think he could see out the season? To be fair, probably not. Like, you know, you're 29-year-old quarterback that kind of runs and likes to take a few hits. The likelihood was that you're probably going to miss a few games. Yeah, it's just I, kind of disheartening that it's the whole bloody season. I had money on the Jets you know, been down in the bookies, the Super Bowl, so that's what. So so you're the kiss of death. I told yeah. you before, Ian. Look, look, <laughs> first time ever to back the Jets for a Super Bowl. <laughs> You should have backed Aaron Rodgers to get injured and he would have sailed through the season. It was, actually, it was actually a bar in Green Bay and they had a, they had a yeah. bet with Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, thought it was sickener. I'm absolutely... Yeah. We anyway, should tell the listeners what, what, anyway, what it was yeah. just in case you don't know. So, if the Jets, if the Jets had a lost and Aaron Rodgers didn't finish the game... The bar tab would have been paid by the bar, but because the Jets won last kick of the game, the Green Bay fans had to pay their bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they were kind of running up huge tabs because after they seen Aaron Rodgers going down and the bills going up, they started buying like a lot more drink. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has shares in that bar in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that's the rumor on there. Cameron's a bitch. Anyway. Uh, yeah, you can get me on uh, Bifaru Jet on Twitter. You can get the show on uh, the Sports Social Network as well. Yeah, you can get me at 1024. It's long for me. And slow for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.